Hi, this is Ken Navarro. It is Monday, March 9th, 2015, and welcome to my podcast. Well, it is still winter here in Baltimore, Maryland, but today it has gotten up to 55 degrees, so it's... uh, a big improvement from the long cold winter we've been suffering through. And uh, I'm here today to do a second edition of my regular Monday morning podcast. Last week, I had tips for beginners who wanted to learn how to play the guitar. This week, I want to answer some of my fans' questions about my composing process, how I go about composing, what inspires me, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, for me, composing is a balance between being organized and disciplined and being unorganized and undisciplined (laughs) because you can't compose music. You can't really create anything if you're trying to do it like putting together a model or making a puzzle. You got to give yourself room, at least I do, for surprises and mistakes and randomness. But I also understand that if I just wait around for inspiration and great random ideas to pop into my head, it could be a very long time in between records. Uh, By the way, you may have noticed that I have a cold. Uh, I'm right in the middle of a cold, but I was determined to keep doing these podcasts. So uh, I'm here reporting for duty. Uh, Anyway, so with composing, like I was saying, it's a balance between discipline and trying to keep a loose attitude with where something might go and how I might get there. But usually a new composition for me begins by asking myself a musical question or sometimes even making a musical challenge for myself. For example, uh, the title track from my 2008 record, The Grace of Summer Light, was begun by challenging myself with an idea. Can I write a piece of music that goes through a lot of different changes, has some very odd time signatures, very, very different than, than what you hear in most music, but have it be so appealing and so accessible that the listener doesn't think about all that stuff. They just enjoy uh, all the different places that the piece is going. And that's how Grace of Summer Light started. I didn't have one note written. It was all about that concept. Um, And uh, last year, uh, I had a song on my album, Ruby Lane, the title track on that album also. And my challenge there was after six years of doing music that was long form based and about telling a story over a long period of time or longer than your typical tune, could I go back and write a tune that still had that feeling of telling a story but did it in a four to five minute format with a beautiful melody? So again, not one note was written for Ruby Lane. It was the concept first, and then I dove in head first into the writing process. So that's where I typically start, and then I just see where it goes next. The process of composing lately has been uh, the same thing, but I'm really in the groove now because I'm composing the ninth and 10th songs, what 
for what will be my next release. Looks like it'll come out in September of this year. Um, and I'm actually, the last two, two and a half weeks, I've actually spent writing two songs at the same time, two new compositions. And I think what's happened with both of them will kind of illustrate what I was talking about with having a plan, but at the same time, allowing that plan to go off course if that's where it wants to go. So with these two new songs, each one started with a stylistic concept. I've been listening to a fair amount of Indian pop music uh, the last year, uh, music from India that has classical India influences, but also has obviously brought in Western influences. And there's a lot of really cool stuff that's come out uh, and, and by Indian musicians and uh, Indian composers. And so one of these new songs I was going to write, I wanted to have it be influenced by, by those influences that I've been having. The other tune was sparked by a great experience I had in New Orleans last year, um, not just for the music, but the whole culture of the place, the, the whole vibe of the place. And so I wanted to set out to write something that had that kind of vibe and that kind of groove to it. Now, with the India song, it's very much gone the direction I hoped it would go. Uh, I came up with this great um, tabla. Uh, that's an Indian percussion instrument. I came up with a great tabla groove. And one thing kind of led to another. And uh, it's it sounds like me. It's very much a Ken Navarro of I can speak in the third person about myself. It's very much uh, a Ken Navarro song, but you hear that I'm letting in these new influences and making them fit into my thing. Now, the other tune, the one that was going to come out of a New Orleans vibe, it started there, but it just didn't stay there. It just went somewhere else. And, and now I would say it's more of a groove, a pulsating, throbbing R&B groove that's in a minor key. It, I don't think it really bears any resemblance to what inspired me to write it, but that was the way the piece went, and that's what I always follow. To me, the idea, the concept that starts the ball rolling on a new piece of music is just that. It's the thing that starts the ball rolling. It, you don't try to force it to be something that it may not want to be. So that's that's a good example of what's happened with these two tunes that I'm in the midst of writing right now for what will be my next album. So typically where I start um, is, as you might have gathered, with a groove. For example, um, I will find a good drum groove, something that feels very much has a vibe to it. Um, it's inspirational. It makes me want to write. In fact, when I ha I know I've come across a great groove when it makes me want to play, when it makes me just want to play along with it and improvise new ideas, whether on the guitar or the keyboard. And um, so that's where I start. And then I usually come up with a bass line, some sort of signature bass figure that goes really well with the vibe and the feeling of that drum groove. Um, it, it sometimes is just four or eight bars. It's not a long thing. It's just kind of building the foundation of what is going to be the body and the heart and the soul of, of the tune. Now, once I have that happening, I usually try to write what I guess you would call the chorus. And um, 
I, I, in other words, I don't necessarily write the first part of the so- tune first. I write the chorus first because I think the chorus is the most important part of a song. And if that isn't happening, the rest of it's just dressing up something that isn't working. So I will go and work on the chorus right away once I have that groove and, that, and some kind of a good bass line happening. And even though the chorus may not occur in the song until, you know, a minute, minute and a half, sometimes even later into a song, I go there first. Now, I try to write the chords and the melody for the chorus at the same time. Sometimes it happens that way, sometimes it doesn't. It's not unusual for me to end up with a great chord pattern um, and then I come up with a melody. You know, I usually will come up with the chords that and the harmonies uh, on a keyboard and then I'll pick up my guitar and start to just play melodies that are occurring in my head that I think would 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 sound really good and also, you know, really work played on the guitar. Once I have something resembling a good solid chorus uh, built on top of a great groove and a, and a signature bass line, then I begin to sort of know where this thing is going. And I'll look at writing a verse or a bridge or some kind of a middle section. I'll think about what the intro should be. I'll think about the ending. And, and, and so it works like that. And that's very much the pattern that I, I follow. You know, it isn't always that nice and neat. Uh, sometimes something just isn't coming and I put it away uh, and, and come back to it another time. I have to say that's the exception to the rule for me because I just kind of work and work and work until I have a breakthrough. Uh, right now is a great time for me as a composer because I just, after the success of Ruby Lane last year, I just immediately started writing again. And I wrote the trilogy that I released in January, Hope, Joy, Strength, which is currently out now. Um, and then right after that, I immediately started writing these 10 songs for what's going to be my next album released later this year. So what that means is I'm in a real flow. It's, it, it's, it's a lot easier for me once I get a fire going to keep it going. When I first start writing after laying off for a while, it honestly feels like rubbing two sticks together and trying to make a fire. It's kind of painful. So it's been nice not allowing a layoff period to happen because it's kept me um, ready to write at a, at the drop of a hat. I'm taking little breaks here and there. And, and you know, when I get sick, like I kind of am right now, you know, it slows me down a little bit. But it's easy to get back on and it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm starting to uh, rub two sticks together and starting all together from scratch. Well, so I hope that gives you a sense of my process as, as far as composing. And for those of you who are also trying to write music, um, I hope it gives you a couple new ideas for how to approach it. Uh, and um, for those of you who just simply uh, do creative things, not necessarily with music, I'm sure you've had very similar experiences that uh, some of which I've described in this podcast. And uh, just just the important thing is just keep going. I can't really say that enough. I say it to myself all the time. Uh, just keep writing. You throw stuff away. That's okay. Sometimes you go down dead end streets. That's okay. It's what's necessary to get to where you're going with a new piece of music or a new anything that you're you're creating. 
Well, on my podcast next Monday, I'm going to do an interview with one of the best keyboardists in smooth jazz, Mr. Jay Rowe. I've worked with Jay on and off for getting close to 20 years now. He's worked with so many names in the business, and uh, he's got so much to tell you, not only in terms of his musical experiences, but his personal experiences out there on the road. So uh, stay tuned and join me again next Monday, uh, and I'll be doing an interview with J. Rowe. Until then, thanks so much for listening. This is Ken Navarro, and I will talk to you next Monday. 